Being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town tonight Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show We are live, we are in studio Well, I'm in studio, Demi Lachey we got Doug, Dougie B on the line on ones and twos, and also Kwame Lasseter should be calling in here sometime pretty soon. But if not, you can always call in on the show at 888-346-9144. Today it is Thursday, one day before the weekend. Uh, the weekend, huge, a lot of stuff going on out here in the Valley. Uh, what is it? Pro, big Pro Bowl weekend, I guess you could say. The selection was made yesterday, I guess you could say the uh, NFL Pro Bowl draft of the superstars that got elected. Uh, that went down yesterday, along with a lot of uh, other NFL news as well. We got both Doug and Kwame now on the lines. Uh, Doug, what's going on, man? How you been? Man, these allergies are killing me right now. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. You know, uh, last night just crept up on me. Yeah. And you got you to gotta wash your hands. You got to stop shaking so many hands. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's a big weekend coming up, though. Man, it's huge out here, especially out here in the Valley, man. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on just for the NFL world that weekend before the big, the biggest game of, a, of them all, especially here in America. I, I would say that. I mean, it's the only American sport you can play is football, so it's huge for the uh, for the country, for the Seattle fans, New England fans. Kwame, it's good to have you on the lines as well. What's going on, man? Not much. Just check you guys out before I head up to uh, get ready to train these guys. Yeah. Thought I'd come off for a little while. All right, man. I heard that, man. Hey, sh- man, I miss you guys, man. I feel like I ain't talked to y'all like in a week. Last time I talked to y'all, uh, the Patriots had uh, full-blown-up footballs last time I talked to y'all. And now what's up with all this deflation episode and the Colts finding it, investigating it out and finding it out and having the NFL deal with it. 11 out of the 12 balls that were used in the AFC Championship game. You know, I got something to say about this with me being a Colts fan and all. Uh, really, I mean, it's really irrelevant to me. Uh, you play the games inside the lines. You got to stop the man from scoring and playing tough defense, and then you got to score the ball in offense. I don't care what balls are deflated or pumped up all the way. You're playing in 52-degree weather in Boston. I mean, come on, what more can you ask for? Then, it, Yeah, it did get a little wet and rainy. But at the same time, I mean, where did this come from? Like, how do you all feel about it? But a lot of the guys, uh, if you're a skilled position, you like the ball to be a little softer. True uh, that. True. And in the weather, the balls do uh, inflate a little, a little bit more. So to take a little bit of pressure off them to get them probably exactly the way they're supposed to be, that's one thing. But if that's not the case, then the rules state that all balls should be, I believe, 13 pounds. Right. The New England Patriots delivered out of this 11 pounds. That's a, that's a, to me, is intent. Uh, one ball for the kicker, 
But the 11 balls for the quarterback, depending on which ball, uh, football Tom Brady uh, has throughout that game. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts bring their own footballs as well. They don't use the same footballs uh, that the Patriots use. But they bring their own footballs with their, with their Colts logo on it. Mm-hmm. But all the balls uh, across the board should be the same. Yeah. I, I understand Bill Belichick said he didn't know anything about it, but what, what I know of Bill, Belich- Bill Belichick, what we all know from outside looking in, is how thorough he is about his business of football. And I thought I think that would be a part of his football. But in his interview, he was sound and and confident that in this case, I didn't know anything about this. Well, I mean, he did the same thing about the Spygate thing as well. You know, he tried to play it off, oh, I didn't know anything about this. And then same deal with uh, his boy Hernandez, who's in battling uh, court dates and in jail right now. I mean, Belichick pretty much signed him off to a house that was kind of dealt with Belichick's name. And he said, oh, I didn't know anything about, you know, anything that Hernandez had going on with the housing as well. So, I mean, Belichick always has that, that facial expression. He keeps that same monotone. Of you know what I don't know anything that's going on, but I'm focused on the football. I'm focused on the next game. I'll take the fine, whatever. Let's move on. Yeah, but as a, you know, as a head coach, you're going to deny it. You're not going to admit it coming out. <laughs> well, I knew about the balls. I knew about this. I knew about Hernandez. Why would you do that as an NFL head coach? Why would he do it? It's just because he he cares about the next game. Uh, no, but what I'm saying, why, uh, why would you admit to something about that? I mean, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you definitely don't want to admit to anything to well, spygating and deflating the, footballs. If the consequences are just a fine, uh, Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick and and Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick himself has played 500000 in fines, which is equivalent to, in New England, $900,000 when the spygate went off. And I think Roger, Roger Kraft, his equivalency to what his fine was, was probably one point three something five. So to not understand or not know what's going on in your organization, I, it, that's tough for me to believe. Knowing who these guys are, but if the, if the consequences done is only a fine, then you can teeter, tweeter upon the the lines of what's fair and what's not fair. Because now his team is in a Super Bowl. What are they going to lose if worst case happens? A draft pick and a fine. But we won a Super Bowl, and that's how they're right. looking at it. Right, and. Then- Go ahead, Doug. Well, just to touch a point on it, too, is the deflated ball is not going to matter when you're that running back get 150, 170 yards that game. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I mean let, let's let's be realistic. If we can stop the run and tackle, who cares if the balls are deflated or inflated? Right. I mean, right. So that's, it's just mixed reviews on it. Does, it. does it make that much of a difference in the game? I don't think so. I agree. I agree to an extent. Kwame uh, made a point about the skill position guys, you know, it's kind of feel easier to catch, but only when you catch the ball, you also got to tuck the ball and hold that ball in. You got to deflate a football. So that ball is going to stick to your body. It's not as hard. It can't bounce around. If guys try to poke it out, defense, especially those defensive backs, those guys are known to uh, linebacker wraps them up, you come up and poke the ball out. And it's harder to poke a deflate a ball out. Plus, when you're in the NFL, you're picking the ball up after play, handing it to the ref. Like, wait, why is their ball feeling a little, a little lighter, you know? So it's easier for the running backs to hold on to the football. I'm not using that as, as an excuse, but that that can help the, game, help the running game as well. Maybe you can pop one of those balls out. Uh... LeGarrette Bunt was known for fumbling in Pittsburgh. He come to New England, guy ain't, ain't fumbled the ball yet. Actually, he had about two fumbles uh, during the regular season, last end of the regular season. But at the same time, I I seen that uh, on ESPN, the NFL insiders were talking, and 
they were talking about the the uh, the respect of an inflated ball and a deflated ball. And a deflated football, it's harder for guys to punch that ball out. It's because it sticks to the body more and it's not as hard and doesn't have much density to it. So it's easier for it to uh, pop out when it's harder, you know. I, I mean, that's, that doesn't matter when you, you take your arms and wrap around the legs and tackle the guy. True that. I mean, that, yeah, they, they did get beasted um, up front with the ball uh, – up front at the goal line or with the O-line and D-line movement. Yeah, you definitely got to make tackles. You definitely got to wrap up. But at the same time, I mean, the Colts were known for, you know, trying to hit the ball out. I don't know. Maybe I'm making up excuses. But uh, 11 out of the 12 footballs. Now, don't the referees, don't they go through each football before the game is played? And don't they check the footballs out? Yeah. They're spo- I mean, they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, right. they're, they're supposed to. They're supposed to check the ball, balls, uh, the footballs. Before a game, but they don't. I don't think they would check at twelve footballs. I think they give one, and then maybe the Patriots, whomever was in charge of the football equipment manager, might have given the one that was that the kicker shoes, which was uh, regulations. And he felt that okay, everything looked good. It was up on the up and up as far as footballs were concerned. And then he went about his business. Then as the game went on, I think Tom Brady might have uh, played with the uh, eleven footballs that were two ounces shorter than what they. Or empty it than what they should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough topics, man. Tough topics. <laughs> yeah, definitely is. So you think the NFL's? Uh, you think they're going to get it right with just a fine and maybe a draft pick out the third or fourth round that uh, New England's going to lose? I mean, this is just rumored that's going to uh, that's probably going to happen. The punishment that New England is going to have to take. I mean, like you said, Kwame, they're going to play in the Super Bowl. They got to still have a chance to win the Super Bowl to get another ring, to get another trophy to that program, to that tradition that they have built this dynasty-wise. And do you think the NFL is going to get this right with just a fine and, what, a suspended draft pick or you got to forfeit the draft pick to the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, you think they're going to get it right? I don't think the NFL ever gets it right. But at this point, I don't think they can do anything about it because what's done is done. What are you going to tell the New England Patriots? You can't play in the Super Bowl, and then who, do, who does the who goes to the Super Bowl? The uh, Indianapolis Colts, who just got thrashed forty-five-seven uh, with deflated footballs. I, I don't know who. I don't know how they get it right at this instance where maybe you lose a draft pick. Well, they're they're predicated on drafting in the third or fourth round anyway. First rounders, they used to trade out of that to get maybe two or three picks in the third round. So, it, it, if they can't do that, and maybe that affects their their draft status and where they can get players. But they're like, in my opinion, like the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They make a living off guys coming there willing to sit two years and understand the way of that team, the way of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way of the New England Patriots, and go about their business winning football game. But now you got guys in your system, so. I, in a, in a sense, I think that's the only way they get punished, and maybe that affects them, or maybe that's the way the NFL gets it right. They're taking maybe more than one draft pick from the New England Patriots. Doug, hmm. yeah. This, this Go ahead. reminds me of a little bit of a different subject, but Dominic Sue, obviously, with three, four weeks ago in that Aaron Rodgers kind of um, step. Yeah. Very, very similar as far as. You've got Dominic Sue that has that history now. So if it was intentional or not, no one really knows except Dominic. But it's going to look like it was intentional just because of the history. And same thing here with the Patriots is you've got that history of Patriots, quote-unquote, cheating at doing 
doing stuff. So it's going to explode. Any little thing the Patriots do is going to be looked at a lot more under a microscope just for, for the fact of that history. Right. That's following them. I yeah. Mean, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of what they're dealt with. So. Absolutely. And maybe you put asterisk by their wins, but who cares? I don't care about asterisk by my wins as long as they are still considered wins. Because you're not, you're not taking those wins away from me. If that was the case, I would be playing in a week or so in the Super Bowl. So, asterisks or not, you know, these guys are looking at as a win. I thought, I really thought they made so many rules for the Patriots, like the tough rule, and then also there's another <laughs> rule, the Tom Brady rule, when the defensive lineman is on the ground, he can't reach for his leg. So you tell the defense they can't make a play on Tom Brady because they're on the ground. I never understood that. I don't know where that comes from in the game of football of trying to make a play. Right. But it's a Tom Brady rule, and then you had the tough rule. So, a lot, of, a lot of what people say around the league are true. It's just that it, it, it touches your DNA a certain way that you think these guys are crazy for when they say it. But you're not really listening to them. You just listen. You just hear what the uh, the aggravation or the you hear the, the insensitive of how they say it. But you're not really listening to exactly what they say. Right, man. It's it's crazy. It's, I mean. Every concept has to deal with New England, you know. Like you said, the tuck rule to Spygate to the flight of footballs to the new Tom Brady uh, slash quarterback rule where you can't touch the quarterback, can't even aim at their legs. I mean, it, and it, they're supposed to be America's team now, nowadays in this new, uh, now in society. It's uh, supposed to be America's team, and this is the way they represent America's team. I mean, they, they pretty much control the NFL to NFL, like they could pretty much do whatever they want and get away with it, or take a little bit of punish punishment for it. Now you go over to the Seahawks side where Marshawn Lynch. Go, oh, go ahead. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with. That. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you look at the Seahawks side where Marshawn Lynch scores a touchdown, makes a gesture. Matter of fact, before the game even started, Marshawn Lynch wanted to wear some gold out cleats, which I seen on Instagram. And those were those cleats are bad. Those are the baddest cleats I've ever seen in life. And I'm thinking, like, man, this guy, he can't even put on those cleats. But the NBA world, they can put wear their cleats here and there. And actually, we're going to come up on a break. And after the break, we're going to speak more about uh, the Seattle Seahawks side of things and uh, see where it compares up to this New England deflated football sense and uh, basically compare that up, man, because I don't think it's fair. But we'll talk about it right after the break. You listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, Spider Man and Freezing full effect. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live in studio. Dearmy Lachey. Kwame Lasseter jumped off the lines. He, uh, yeah, I know he's still attending that uh, training camp for a lot of young prospects who are coming from college football to going to the NFL. Uh, so he's up there training those guys. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we have Dougie B here on the lines with us as well. Now, before the break, we were discussing, you know, all these allegations and all these uh I guess you could say distractions before the Super Bowl, dealing with both Seattle and New England. But with New England's case, I mean, they're pretty much in a negative light, I guess you could say right now, digging their way out of it like usual. But Seattle's case, you kind of feel you kind of feel kind of bad. You kind of feel kind of sorry, especially with all the attention and the harassment. I will call it harassment. The NFL committee, I don't know who's doing it. I don't know who's setting it up, whether it's the committee, the media, the harassment that Marshawn Lynch is taking for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, first, it was the fines for not speaking to the media. And for him, I guess, taunting the media and disrespecting them by saying one one word and not discussing anything at all that the questions are being asked of Marshawn Lynch and him not answering. I think as a man, as an American, you have the right to do that. You, I mean, it's a, it's a word of freedom of speech. I understand you got to do your job. You got to represent the NFL. I mean, he's doing that enough, isn't he? By showing up to practice, going to meetings, playing these ball games. I mean, making big, big impressions on the Seattle Seahawks. Does his duties in the community. I mean, Marshawn Lynch does everything. He just doesn't want to talk to the media after the game because he knows how the media can flip on you in a day or two, which I respect that. But the NFL is just trying to make him so negative, which I don't understand that, Doug. You know, I, I really don't. Well, but at, at the same time, the NFL has a rule in place that you're to speak with the media. And that's been in place for how long now? So it's Years one of those now, things yeah. that your job, as mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch goes, is an NFL player to play in the NFL. That's your job. That's what you get paid to do. Mm-hmm. And just like any other job, you've got policies. You've got to go by. you got different, uh, whatever it is, rules, whatever you want to call it. But uh-huh. if you don't follow that, then obviously you're subject to termination, fines, whatever the case may be. So there's no difference between NFL and the rules in the NFL for players compared to just a normal, regular day job. Right. And so, yeah, if you're not going to talk to the media, and that's been in the, it's not like it's a new rule that just 
okay, Marshawn Lynch, you don't want to talk to people, so we're going to put this rule out there for you now. Mm-hmm. It's been in place for a while, and now you don't want to follow it. I understand the media. Trust me, I definitely understand the media. <laughs> yeah. um, and how they can flip the script on a dime. But at the same time, if you're going out there and you're doing what you need to do, talk with the media, get it over with, because you're putting a lot more negativity on yourself mm-hmm. than you really need to. And then on top of that, all the fines that you're going to get. So, and I'm, I'm sure that it wouldn't even been blown out of proportion like it has if he would just continue talking with the media, do the interviews after the game, and, and you know, move on. Right. And you got to realize as an NFL player, you're going to have good days and bad days, and you roll with it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's, it is what it is, man, but like the, the rules that are in place for the, for the after-game media talk, and, you know, you do what you got to do, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Yeah, you you signed up for this. I mean, with you coming to the NFL, you're right. You have to obey the media. You got to do your deals with the media because it helps uh, promote the NFL. It helps uh, keeps you know people fans intrigued. It keeps everyone watching the NFL, watching um, their favorite superstars on TV. You know, it, it helps that. It helps the brand. Definitely, I agree with that. But at the same time. Here's my question, Doug. You got 53 guys on the NFL roster. Take Marshawn Lynch off. You got 52 other guys the media could talk to. Marshawn Lynch is feeling like, hey, you're not talking to my old lineman. You don't give a crap about some of these guys running down on special teams, but you want to bring this all attention on me. Why don't you go ask them the questions? Why do you have to put it in my face? Now, is there like a – I don't know. I necessarily don't know. I don't know if the NFL committee has like a rule or a statement where – if you're considered, I don't know, a superstar, if you're a Pro Bowl player, you have to obey the media. You have to do your time, do your duties with the media. Now, is that a case, or is it just when the media puts a microphone in your, in your face, you have to you have to respond? Which like you know, which one? I don't, I don't. I just don't understand like why they keep attacking Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it's 52 other guys they could talk to. No, and that's a good point, and uh, we we need to research that because yeah, but. <laughs> No, but that's the thing is, look at the NFL. We'll just take the past uh, five, ten years. Right. In the interviews, who are they consistently interviewing? Quarterback, receivers, running back. True. Because why? those are the guys that are making the game. You know, you're lying. Right. Yeah, they're going to be down in the trenches. And we all know we've played football. The linemen are the ones that you have a big run game. Mm-hmm. But because your linemen made those holes. But mm-hmm. no one's interested in hearing what the linemen have to, have to say. You know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> True. True you that. You know, we're going to go with the big superstars, and that's why. Now, you also take a look at Dominic Sue, coming back to him again. They're going to come at him because of the, the issues that stepping on the ankles and all that stuff. So, yeah, they're going to talk to him about it at that point. But other than that, your quarterback, receiver, you know, skill players, those are the guys that are the excitement of the game. Right. You know, you bust that big run for 50 yards and a touchdown, and that was a great run. But you're not going to talk to the lineman about, hey, let's tackle. How did you do that? How did you just manhandle that guy? You know, that D end out of the way. Right. It it just it doesn't sell. Yeah. You know. So I don't think there's really a written word or rule mm-hmm. as far as who to interview. It's just who's going to sell. Who do who do the people that are watching this show, whether it's ESPN, Fox Sports, or listening on the radio, who do they want to hear after the game? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that's where it comes down to. And, you know, I mean, you're a running back and, uh, and a premier running back. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and 
the thing I'm looking about is if if Marshawn's kind of reasoning behind not talking with the media is because well I don't want them to pray you know portray anything negative if I have a bad game or anything. I get it, but at the same <laughs> yeah. time, what are these kids looking at and watching after the game? Okay, they see a player that's not talking with the media. They're going to start saying, you know, thinking in their mind, "Hey, that's I don't want to talk to the media. If I have a bad game, I don't want them to to question me about it and, and everything else." So you're portraying that to these kids growing up, mm-hmm. thinking that, "Hey, it's okay not to talk to the media now if I have a bad game." Mm-hmm. You know. So it's it's kind of a twofold thing where you have your own opinion, Marshawn, and that's great. But look at what you're doing, possibly doing, to the kids and the, what they're seeing and what they're reading. Because kids, I mean, with technology as far as Facebook and social media and everything else, kids are seeing this. They're reading about it. I mean, my 11-year-old, it blows my mind sometimes how smart he is mm-hmm. about stuff he knows in sports. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, that's what you're portraying to these kids is it's okay not to. Who cares if I lose some money? I'm making millions. Yeah, and absolutely. that's the issue I have with it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I agree with that too. I agree with your point. Um, he is portraying this in a negative light to a media, especially after a bad game, and you're not talking to the media. You know that that's going to put a, a huge damper on like um, your young. I guess you could say your younger youth kids who who are, who are your fans, who are NFL fans, who love to see you know. He want to see what these guys are thinking so they can, you know, put it in their mindset at home, which is great. But at the same time, what I don't what I disagree with is yes, after a bad game you see a paid man Andrew Luck talk to the media because they stand up and they're portrayed as oh, these guys are you know, you respect them as men because they have the uh, audacity to talk to the media right after a tough loss. But then I can count on one hand bad games that Marshawn Lynch has had in the past two seasons. I mean, it's very rare for this guy to have a bad game. Even when he's playing his best football ever, that he's making big runs against uh, the Cardinals, that he's made a big run against uh, Green Bay to win the pretty much win the, win the game and have a huge comeback on your way to the Super Bowl. So he's having great games, but he still, you know, still denies of talking to the media because he knows how the media can flip on you. Maybe he's trying to send that image to the kids as well. Maybe he's trying to send a picture as, hey, you know, you have highs and lows, but, you you know, you got to stay humble. I mean, I, I see it. I mean, it's nothing negative. All his teammates back him up. He's never been in any trouble since he's been to Seattle and never been in negative light. They praise him about his community services. I mean, they say he's probably number one community service guy on the team next to uh, Russell Wilson and Richard right. Sherman. So he's doing his part in the community as well. He just knows how the media can get and you see the way LeBron is taking. LeBron, he's here left, right, negative, positive. Kobe Bryant, I mean, these guys hear some stuff from the media. But they stand in front of it and take it after each and every game. And now, now it's funny how it starts in the media. And then it goes next to his obscene gestures, I guess you could say, with him scoring touchdowns. Or his touchdown celebration on his way to the end zone. And then it's before the game. This is what define you're looking at. If you do this, if you wear these shoes. Now, that, now, that's where I got a problem with. I understand you have the team rule concept of, I, I like how, you know, the NFL is trying to be more structured. You got to wear team color shoes or you got to wear team shoes if it's black or whatever, black or white shoes. That's acceptable. Now, this guy, you know, he had that those gold pair of cleats. Now, I think that would have been, I think the NFL could have benefited off that. I think Nike could have benefited off that because they're sponsored by Nike. 
And the guy who created these cleats, he definitely would have been benefit off of it if Marshawn Lynch got the chance to wear them. But now, you know, you're telling this guy, you're threatening this guy before the game. If you don't, if you wear these cleats, you're going to be suspended. You're, you're not going to play. Which I think, come on, it's NFL cleats. It's cleats. He's trying to bring fashion to the game of NFL. I mean, the NBA, these guys can wear whatever colors they want, neon, sparkle, lights, shoes can light up, whatever. They can wear all these deals, but Marshawn Lynch can't wear gold cleats with the Seattle Seahawks logo at the bottom and also the Seahawks color as well that's mixtured on the shoelaces. I didn't see a problem with it. Yeah, it might be an all gold. It's probably not even real gold. It's probably not even considered gold. But, you know, you threaten this guy before the game, and you threaten him before Super Bowl week of finding him – so many times if he doesn't speak to the media. I mean, this guy's about to lose so much money. Like, they're threatening this guy saying, saying to Marshawn Lynch, if you do these things, here, here's your package deal. Whereas New England, you can deflate some footballs and, oh, okay, here, here's a little fine. Go ahead. Good luck in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, I just don't see it being fair on Marshawn Lynch. You go from the media, now you go to this guy. Before he even steps on the field, he's going to have uh, thousands of dollars of fines. You know, yeah, I just don't I just, find it fair. The NFL today, man. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, you it's it's almost like they're contradicting themselves. Yes, the yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. You know, in this this day and age, it's from protecting the quarter. I, I'm sorry, but I think the NFL baby the quarterback too much now. True. Yeah. And Definitely. you know, some of the stuff. I mean, they're t- and it seems like now the NFL is making. And I know I'm kind of getting off point with Marshawn. But no, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. The, Speak it. The NFL is almost making this an offensive type game, mm-hmm. um, taking a lot of stuff away from the defense. I mean, look at head hunting and, and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm sorry, but playing you know in college playing a strong safety, mm-hmm. it is almost impossible if you're a full speed to basically redirect your body just so you don't hit a certain part. And you might not intentionally be aiming for it. It's just the way you both come at each other. And so it's some of the rules out there, I understand they're trying to protect, you know, with the concussions and everything else that's coming out lately um, with the, you know, the past players, and I get it. But at the same time, there's a line where it's just going above and beyond protection mm-hmm. and, I would say, overprotection, you know. Uh-huh. But the, it's just... You know, and that's off topic, and we can you know talk about that in another another show. But oh, yeah. you know, just with Marshawn, I think yeah, are they kind of aiming at him right now? Well, it's yourself and the Patriots in the in the Super Bowl coming up, so I think there's going to be a lot more light on him. You know, with what he does, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's the last two teams and, and coming up. But yeah, you look. I mean, you made a perfect point. You have New England over here with the slated footballs, and you get a draft pick taken away and some fines. Uh, you know, not definite yet, but that's what they're looking at. They have Marshawn that you're going to suspend him for a game for some shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it. They're trying to keep everything looking the same. But keep that at the high school you know, levels and, and <laughs> even maybe college. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're a grown man. If you want to express yourself with some different color shoes other than your uniform, right? I mean, really, what's the big deal about it? You're a grown man in a game where it's a business. And that's what I don't understand. This NFL is a business. We can all agree on that. Yeah. And so if you have some shoes that's going to come and bring money to not only <laughs> yourself, but the sponsorships Thank you. that pay you, right. I mean, what's the big deal? I don't see it as a big deal at all. I mean, this guy's risking his body, his life out there each and every game. 
Marshawn Lynch is one carry. I mean, I hope this never happens, but he's one carry, one hit away from his career, a career-ending injury. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy is doing everything, you know. And for for him not to wear a pair of shoes, a pair of cleats, come on, man. I mean, the NBA is not going to deny it. I think the NFL need to really, you know, take a step back and really like look and see like. Heck, it could be like like you said, a business opportunity, or they can bring more business to the NFL. It can bring a brighter light as well. I mean, just get this guy a break, man. You go from tagging him, harassing him with media, to this guy threatening him before games, threatening him a week before Super Bowl. Of yeah, you're gonna be looking at this many dollar of fines. Now, they, yeah, like his last fine, twenty thousand dollars. He just got fined for the scene gesture he made after scoring a touchdown in Sunday's NFC uh, Championship game. You know, according to the NFL official, uh, and then they're saying the NFL is considering fining Lynch uh, significantly more than the fifty thousand dollars if he has fined him in each of the past two seasons for not speaking to the media, especially now during Super Bowl week. Now the media is going to be in its face. What they have like that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of straight, and I think the Tuesday before the Super Bowl is it's straight media day. Is he going to be out there for me today, or is he going to deny that too? That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I hope. I hope, <laughs> and it's so it's so bad. It's so bad. Like you got to hope and pray that this guy goes out there so he doesn't see the fines. But I understand what he's doing. He's, he's taking it to the NFL. I mean, pretty much that's what the Seahawks are. They're considered the bad boys at the NFL, but they're they're winning. You know. You know, and the. <sighs> If you're gonna if you're gonna tell a guy you cannot wear a pair of shoes, and <laughs> then how how you get away with letting all these guys express themselves with tattoos all over the arms? So Man, my thing is, you just hit it right on the head. You can't wear those type of shoes. Why don't we put long sleeves on everybody then? Because it's the same <laughs> same thing. Then you're expressing yourself on your body with a tattoo or a pair of shoes. It's a pair of shoes. Like, <laughs> And like I said, the NFL is contradicting themselves with these rules. Perfect point. You can put anything on your arm and have it shown to the world. I mean, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't get it. We, we don't get it here. I don't, the NFL got to come and explain to me. They got to come to me face-to-face and tell me. I, I just don't get it. Now, there has been a little trash talk, which I'm excited about. I was a big trash talker when I played no, you weren't. All right, a little bit. Well, I played receiver, so my trash talk had to be quick. It was like a quick punch. <laughs> like, I, I had to get it in real quick and go back to the huddle. So, but I loved it. You know, I love teasing the DBs and especially blocking them, especially when the blocking came. Then I can really, you know, get into it. But I love the trash talk before the end. This, this is the biggest game of the year. You know, this is the biggest, one of the biggest venue, uh, one of the biggest events in the U.S. And this trash talk happening before kickoff even started between Tom Brady and Richard Sherman. The two people I love the most because, you know, Tom Brady gives off that, uh, you know, uh, oh, I'm Brady. I don't, I don't have to say much. And then you have uh, Richard Sherman, who's the, the thug of the NFL. You know, we're going to take a, another quick break here. But after the break, I want to talk about this little trash talk incident. Also, some NBA news. We have our last segment coming up. So you listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, Spider Man and Freezing full effect. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Carmen Lasseter Sports Talk Show. This is our last segment. It is Thursday, day before the weekend, man. You know, the weekend really starts on a Friday for me, so. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to enjoy this, this last day, I guess you could say, before the weekend. Uh, we got Demi Lachey here in Studio Live. Dougie B, Mr. Doug, is on the lines as well. He'll, he will be in studio tomorrow, hopefully, once he gets over this sickness, this illness he has. Uh, but, yeah, Kwame Lasseter called in earlier. Um, he will be in studio as well tomorrow. So, uh, But, yeah, to finish up this last segment, uh, you know, me and Doug were discussing – uh, the Pro Bowl coming up um, Sunday and how the NFL guys are really, you know, they're starting to make their way around town. And I, they had actually like a media day yesterday and also the Pro Bowl draft. And for all four Cardinals players who got picked to the Pro Bowl this season, Calais Campbell with his first time, Patrick Peterson, Tony Cromartie, and who am I? Oh, Justin Bethel for special teams. They all got selected to Chris Carter's uh, his his side of the team. He all he he took Patrick Peterson first. He was the, Patrick Peterson was the first defensive player taken off the Pro Bowl list. Doug, just to let you know that as well. And you know he Doug really hasn't really I mean not Doug excuse me Patrick Peterson hasn't really impressed the Arizona fans or the Cardinals nation I guess you could say uh, with his play this season. But being the first <laughs> pick. Defensive, being the first defensive player pick chosen for the Pro Bowl selection or draft, quote unquote draft, uh, raised a little eyebrows, raised a few eyebrows, especially out here in the Valley. I mean, 
was it like a fan gesture that Chris Carter probably took the chance to do this? As matter of fact, he took all four Cardinals players uh, throughout the draft. But Patrick Peterson being the first one taken off, I mean, he really didn't. He really didn't fit the bill for in my eyes, Doug. No, no, and you know, unfortunately, you look at him. What Patrick did last year compared to you know this season, it it's unfortunately it's a disappointment for a lot of a lot of teams. And granted, we're not there, so we don't know what True. Uh, what's going on. But definitely, it looks like he took a step back this year. Um, so yeah, for for Carter to pick him up, I mean, was a smart maybe being here in Arizona. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but you got Calais Campbell, uh, Cromartie. But, you know, the guy I'm really, really glad to see that made it is Justin Bethel. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he did this year, especially being on special teams, I mean, he he definitely stepped up this season. So it's good to see him be in that Pro Bowl selection. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's year in and year out with, uh, with, with Bethel. I mean, this is, what, his second or third special team recognition to make the Pro Bowl to get, you know, to play in the all-star game, I guess you could say, of, of the NFL. And... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys, you know, get overlooked a lot. And Justin Bethel really uh, changes the game in the special team play because it's hard to kind of block that guy on punt, punt and return, and kick off special teams. I mean, it's hard to block that block that guy. And not only that, I mean, he does his thing on the defensive end as well when he's needed. Um, in certain schemes and certain looks. I mean, he, he go he plays balls to the walls. I mean, he, he's a great guy to have on the team. And yeah, it's a great deal to see that him get picked up for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's it's like this year. You, I don't think there was a game where you're gonna hear his name at least once on a play, on a big play. Right. Absolutely. You know, and even with talking about Patrick Peterson, even Cromartie, it, it was kind of suspect with Peterson this year. Oh well, yeah, exactly. Same deal with Cromartie. And, and honestly, I was surprised to see both of these guys even chosen for the Pro Bowl. Well, not, not necessarily Patrick Peterson. I mean, he, he put up good DB numbers, just good numbers in his name, and, you know, that pretty much promoted him over some other guys. Because I see some other guys' numbers who didn't make the Pro Bowl who could be up there. But, you know, right. they take Peterson because, you know, they want him to be, you know, kind of a face of the NFL, in which, you know, he, he well deserves it. He's on his way, but now it's time for him to take his game to a whole nother level. I know me, you, and Kwame, man, we've been on Peterson's back since day one because we know what he can do. We know what he can be. It's just him doing it more consistently. I think he had like three games this season where he just was he was incredible. And that, that kind of that was during that win streak. I mean, Patrick Peterson, you really couldn't throw it to his side. I mean, he was locking up. And then he had a, a another lapse. Uh, it was – after the concussion, after he came back from his concussion, he had three terrific games. Then after that, he had he went back to his lax a days ago. You know, he just looks lazy. He looks like it's too easy for him. He's in position. He's in position to make plays, but he gets lazy. And then on that big run that Marshawn Lynch had, what was that week fourteen or so when yeah. Seahawks came to Arizona? I mean, it was pretty much what Marshawn Lynch would exceed at that play was the lazy tackling done by Patrick Peterson. And that's not your Pro Bowl typical corner. You know, he's supposed to make that tackle. He's supposed to make that play, at least slow him down. You know, not yep. just wave at him and then give up on the play. So, well, you, you hit a point is that consistency because you know you know what Patrick Friesen brings to your team. Mm-hmm. You know the athletics. I uh, can't even talk right now. <laughs> um, but you know what type of athlete he is and what he can bring to your team. And 
at this point, especially for fans, when they see that guy, they see what he's done in the past, they see what he can do, and it's not there. Right. You know, and especially, like I said, at the beginning of the season, talking about, you know, you got PP on the one side, Antonio Camardi on the other side. I mean, it was big hype, mm-hmm. even before the season started, knowing you had those two guys out there. As the season went on, you're just, where are these guys at? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you said, he's he had a couple couple great games there and looked like the PP of old, and they went back. It's like it just it's frustrating for the fans, and you know to see that, especially like you said, me, you Kwame, we know what he is, we know what type of player he is, and what he can bring. And right, it's just where was that at? But I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting po- uh, Pro Bowl looking at some of the uh, players in the lineup. I mean, you got one thing I'm kind of a lot of people are questioning is that move with uh, bringing Andy Dalton in. And I think that's Andy. The same thing as like kind of Patrick this year is you saw glimpses of him just having these great games, mm-hmm. and then games that are like, I mean, worse than Ryan Lindley, you know? Right, and, right. <laughs> and you've got him now in the Pro Bowl. It's like, and just like we're talking about that consistency, and you know the other quarterback. You got Drew Brees out there, a couple receivers. You know T. Y. Hill and A. J. Green, but. um yeah, I mean, Andy is, is one of those, just like Patrick is. Mm-hmm. You know what he can bring, and you know it. You just haven't seen that consistency in, with him this year. Yeah, and to be Pro Bowl worthy, I mean, it's, it's tons of quarterbacks you can choose from. It's tons of uh, corner cornerbacks as well. Yeah, that Andy Dalton, that really surprised me, uh, along with Matt Ryan, I guess you could say a little bit. That You know, that kind of surprised me. Any quarterback from the NFC South, I mean, you got a losing record, but, yeah, you get elected to the Pro Bowl. Andy Dalton, I mean— yeah, he he really hadn't stood out. I mean, it's other quarterbacks. I think that could have been up for it. You know, you have uh, did, wait Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, he didn't. Did he take his name out because of the quad injury? So he yeah, he pulled his name. Yeah, but I mean, you got you know Cam Newton. I thought he played better than Andy Dalton at points of times this season. I mean, that's another NFC South guy, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, but I mean, Cam's the same thing with. With Andy, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole season, you just look at Cam and you're like, this this quarterback is garbage. And then <laughs> finally, has I mean, and not only he had a great game against the uh, the Cardinals, but then that next game he came out and a toll. I mean, he kind of changed a lot of minds. Mm-hmm. That's one game. Show me that consistent. Right, absolutely. I mean, you could even throw Flacco in there in a the Pro Bowl. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, know? especially over. I I'm. I mean, you got what Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. You were talking about. Mm-hmm. I would take Flacco over those two guys first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, you know, you've got to think there's probably some politics involved. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's it's a lot better. I, and I'm sorry, but I think this is a lot better type Pro Bowl than we've had in the past. Yeah. Just uh, with the format and everything else. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and some people might not realize it. I don't know how many people do, especially if they're just a fan and they're not kind of more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But the Pro Bowl of past, people weren't going out there and playing 100%. They're kind of coming out, kind of going through the motions. Where now, and you can, you know, you kind of saw it last year. Me and Kwame were talking about it. You got a linebacker and a running back going up against each other. That's on the same team. Right. And I can't remember who it was, but that linebacker came and just stuck his running. Back. <laughs> That's your boy on your own team. Yeah. You know, so you see a lot of the a lot of the change in the Pro Bowl now that these players are actually looking to play. They're playing 100, percent and they're really going to start giving these fans a lot better of a uh, of a show. Right. Than of past, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the NFL even had talks of maybe possibly moving the game in the middle of the season, 
kind of like how the NBA does it, which right. I I think I think you should keep it more at the end of the year. Um, I think yeah, you should keep it about where it's at because the guys who season ended at the regular season who don't make it to the playoffs, they get the chance to refuel their bodies up for one more game, and then you have the off season. So you put it in the middle of the season, a lot of guys are going to be turning that down. They're going to be like, are you kidding me? I, I still got like eight more games left, plus the playoffs, you know? Right. You're not going to want to injure yourself yeah. in a game halfway through. And then you right. look at the NBA. They do it at the All-Star. And they'll be kind of the same thing. Yeah. They have the uh-huh. All-Star break. So now you're looking at something that you've got four or five games or days between games sometimes. The NBA, the MLB, they're able to take that break in between for the week off to have that type of game. The NFL, now you're looking at extending the game. You're going to have to extend an extra week, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody's playing Sunday, Thursday. I mean, it's just, I think schedule wise, it's going to be a lot more, you know, a lot more to it than just, uh, well, let's do it halfway through the season. So I like it at the end of the year. The only thing I, I would say about having it at the end of the year is just like, you know, Richard Sherman pulling out because mm-hmm. of the fact he's playing now in the Super Bowl. Right. So you would have that Sherman in that game, which I think would be fun to see. Uh-huh. But. Overall, hey, you're talking maybe a couple guys that won't be playing in it compared to a lot more if they did try to do it during the middle of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait, man. I wish I like. I know off the air we were talking about like the ticket prices and how crazy you know the ticket prices are for the Pro Bowl, and yeah. it's like, man, like that's just the Pro Bowl. I, I already know about the Super Bowl. We all know about the Super Bowl. I mean, those tickets are out of this world, and. The Pro Bowl itself is now, you know, they're, they're starting to produce a lot of their revenues pushed up pretty well. And, yeah, like you're saying, at the top of the stands, I mean, you're talking normal $15, $20 seats or, you know, $35, $40 seats. They're pushed up to $100 now. And that's at the top of the – for the Pro Bowl. Right. And you might well, not I even see you're a, see that a lot because mm-hmm. of the fact the Super Bowl, you've got two teams, and that's it. I mean, you've got the – you know, outside of just everything that involves with the Super Bowl. But it's just two regular teams. It's just a regular game. Granted, they're playing for the championship and all that, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, now you've got a whole different type of ball game. And I think within a few years, it's going to be matching almost right up there with the Super Bowl, if not surpass it. <laughs> I hope not, man. think about it. You have it's uh-huh. like a, a fantasy draft type team. So Yeah. And it's going to follow wherever the Super Bowl goes. So, you know, we'll just take it, for instance, this year. You've got the Super Bowl here in Arizona and the Pro Bowl. Well, for Arizona fans, what am I going to really want to co-see? Patriots, that's, you know, deflating balls, and Seattle, which, if you're a Cardinals fan, you hate Seattle anyways. Right, right. (laughs) So I don't care about those two teams and whatever. Uh But now I've got four of my guys from my team playing in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, I'm going to go see that game over the Super Bowl any day. Absolutely. So I think you've got that type of format. And, like we talked about, the players are playing now in the Pro Bowl. Right. It's right. not a 50% just go through the motions. It's, it is a real-life game and just like, you know, fancy drafts. So I think it's going to start appealing to fans a lot more, especially in being here in the States and not Hawaii. Right. Um, I just, I, like I said, I, I could be wrong, but I see that getting a shift. Absolutely. Kind of coming up and, and matching the Super Bowl as far as fan base, ticket prices going up and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. we got a couple minutes left in the show. And to follow up on that, man, uh, I mean, yeah, you made great points. You made terrific points with being a fan and getting to see, like, your guys play. Is 
is a great deal to make that trip to go see the Pro Bowl to especially have it in here. You know, you get to see your guys one more time before the season's over. And, yeah, I think that's a terrific NFL done right with that, with taking away from Hawaii and bringing it to the Super Bowl area because fans all over. I remember Super Bowl back in Indianapolis was 2012 or something. When it was in Indianapolis, it was New, it was New England and New York. I mean, there wasn't – it was more fans from, like, Kansas City, of course, Colts fans, from Oakland. It was, like – just the Super Bowl itself brings so many fans, you oh, yeah. know, from different teams. And yeah, and then the week before, yeah, they got the chance to see their guys play one last time, enjoy the Super Bowl experience. Yeah, you're probably not going to go to the game, but just being there, being around the whole experience itself, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I can't wait, especially actually today. I think the streets are going to be crowded. It's going to be loaded with just fans of people from out of town. I mean, the city already itself is, is, is a huge city. A lot of people already live here already. But, yeah, we got about a minute left. Uh, Doug, I mean, I've just been watching a little NBA here and there. I'm just waiting for the NFL to really end. But I was catching my eyes, this guy, Steph Curry. I mean, this guy's incredible. I mean, I think he's the MVP right now. Um, any Anything you've seen in the NBA world, I mean, we got about 30 seconds left. Man, it's, I just like the commercial he's got in right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no, yeah. I agree. He's He's definitely on track to for MVP this year. I mean, it's just it's amazing his gameplay this year and what he's doing and what he's bringing to that team. Yeah, absolutely. LeBron, he's knocking on your door, and it looks and they're on their way. I think to win the championship right now. They're the front front runners and they're the leaders right now. So hopefully they can end it up in the right way. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, we we will be back tomorrow. Uh, you'll hear back from me, Demery, Lache, and Doug, Dougie B. We, we'll be back here tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be live in studio. I know I will be for sure. Uh, thank you, Dougie B. Uh, thanks, Kwame, as well. And, yeah, we'll catch you all tomorrow. Uh, listen to the Kwame Lester Sports Talk Show, and we'll see you tomorrow. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.